Welcome to episode number 18 of the mm-hmm. Wisdom Experience podcast. And we're back, hopefully, with another good episode for you. Uh, thanks to all the people who provided some feedback on our last episode, Relationship to Intelligence. Hope you found that useful and that you were able to take the quiz to see what your most useful intelligence is. Now, what have you been up to this week since the last time I talked to you? Because we've missed a week. We did. We missed we a week because she was wholly unprepared, which I think we're kind of oh. partly talking about today, are we? But yeah, you were, what happened? Yeah, I um, I had a really solid week planned and by that I mean a week when I was going to achieve an awful lot and lots of work and lots of um, sort of what I would call big chunk things or quadrant two things in Franklin Covey Seven Habits Speak and then my son went back to college and due to a combination of events all completely outside of my control I just wasn't able to be anywhere near my office, never mind at my desk, and ended up in meetings and uh, in the car a lot. Okay, cool. So just a normal life day then, really, in the, in well, the world no, of... <laughs> no, yeah, that's just that's typical, isn't it? It's a typical... It's just like... Um, I just remember in the army, we used to make these big elaborate plans. I mean, it's like we, we made huge plans and really detailed, but we always had the understanding that once you cross the line of departure, the enemy never does what you want them to do, so just throw the plan out the window. Um, <laughs> and all the plan really did was give you something, one, to make you think about whatever operation was coming up um, so you could prepare for contingencies and things like that. And then the second thing, it gave you something to shift off of. So you had a basic plan, never goes to plan anyway, but at least you've got something you're not starting from scratch. <laughs> you can shift to the left or shift to the right. But that was our our underlying understanding was just once you cross the line of departure, you just throw the plan out the window. Because yeah, mm. um, and and I like that. Um, and and that certainly feels. Well, I, I would say how how last Monday particularly felt for me. But actually, it was more a case of, never mind the plan, I was kind of transported into a whole different world. So instead of kind of my normal five hours at my desk or in my office, um, actually, I spent five hours in a car with everything else around it. So that's what I mean by I didn't kind of get on and actually was able to do what I'd hoped to do. And I take it you're not a a technology person. No, you <laughs> having just before we recorded, I managed to close down. Well, I'm just thinking in this day and age, computer. one of the things that I love about the um, Apple ecosystem, I guess is the same for um, sort of Android, is that I can work on any device. I can pick up right where I left off. So I can work on my phone. I can work on like this Google Doc. I can do it on my phone, I can do it on my iPad, or I can do it on a computer, or I can do it on somebody else's computer. I think that's one of the things. But we, we'll have to do a, a uh, an episode on technology, but uh, just the thing that I love, the beauty of this kind of technology, especially this sort of cloud-based stuff, is that I can work on any device. And I often do. I often pick 
Like some, I think the other day I was going out and I didn't want to take the laptop and I didn't want to take the iPad. So I was like, oh, actually, I could just work from my phone. And so I did. <laughs> um, anyway, so what the heck are we talking about um, this way? I mean, in my day, my week was just the normal kind of crazy, busy weeks um, that they generally are. Had lots of thoughts, lots of insights, I guess, in terms of life and the big picture of life and all of that. Um but yeah, just another day in the neighborhood. But what is it that we're wanting to specifically talk about today? So today we were basically talking about kind of a, a what to do when your plans are disrupted. Um, and obviously we can talk about this from a very much a short-term thing. So last last Monday affected my whole week, um, but it's it's relatively short and contained, whereas, you know, actually you could talk about this on a much bigger life scale. So somebody who becomes terminally ill or gets made redundant, that's something that has kind of a much deeper and longer lasting impact. So there's two sides to it. It's, I was just thinking about this. So there's two sides of it, but is it is it so if you bring this down to the person, um and it becomes about how you react to it, whether the change is a big change or a small change um, or change to plan or however you're looking at that, there'll probably be... So the the um, the sort of samurai warriors have a, a saying that how you do one thing is how you do 10,000 things, right? So how you react to the small things, the small changes to your plan uh, is going to be indirect relates it to how you deal with big changes so I guess when we were kind of exploring this uh, the topic um, on our sort of Google Doc I kind of looked at it that way I kind of looked at it and say okay well how does a person deal with the disruptions when something doesn't go to plan or it goes wrong regardless if it's big or small how do you react and how do you control that reaction such that you don't that you still remain um, your at your most most resourceful at the most resourceful that you can you can sort of be. So I kind of looked at it from that point of view. Mm. It sounds sounds a, a great way to look at it. Um, yeah, but so what is it that you were? I mean, you you suggested the topic. What were you specifically looking for? Do you know, you, so so much what, has happened. Well, what do you? What did you it. want? What, what did you want to know? What would you want to explore? What help were you wanting to knowledge to share. or share yeah. with people to say? Here's how you get through this. Or what was you? What was your original intent? What was you? Why did you suggest this topic? Is what I'm asking you. <laughs> okay, so I suggest. <laughs> Why did you want to talk about this? <laughs> Because I think it's something that happens to a lot of people a lot of the time. I would um, say every I, day, all the time it happens to people. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's to a greater or lesser extent. And and that's so it's interesting, as you said, the samurai warriors, how you do one thing is is how you do everything. Um and I definitely think that there are patterns there. And in fact, one of the, the points I put in the prep document was, so, you know, have you ever reflected on when your plans are interrupted, what they're being interrupted for? And actually, it was kind of taking that out and going, well, are these, are we looking at patterns here? Is this a daily interruption? Uh, is this a bigger change of plan? And and all of this was, was kind of, you know, just it sort of started to, to snowball, as it were. Um, 
And I, the reason I came up with it as a topic to be absolutely blunt is because you keep telling me to document my life and that would be easier than me being, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I did, I sat down and I went, you know, whilst I was going through the day, I basically just had to get on with what I had been um, called to do, if you like. And I, and I chose to do that. You know, this is a thing that, you know, we quite often talk about people being at choice. And, and it was a choice. What happened was to do with my children. My children are my priority. Um, and they, that, so, so therefore I chose to yeah. respond to their needs. So what was it that was made you feel whatever it made you feel i mean what was uh so well, as i'm looking so at it from it made... the outside i was just thinking okay well that's just a normal day you know plans change all the time sometimes big things come in and you shift so what is it what underlying to so so were you not yourself were you not resourceful was there so if people were thinking all right well how do i react to the change and i say change in the sense that if you have a plan you've kind of have an idea what you want to do, but then something changes and what's your reaction to change? And I know that people react to change in different ways. Some of it's going to be based off of personality. Some of it's going to be based off of learned behaviors. Um, and so were, you know, did you act in the way that you would normally act or were you, I, I, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm just kind of get a sense of, of, Okay, let me ask this question another way. How do you respond to change? What's your natural reaction to change? Are you someone that likes change, dislikes change, likes to, you know, go with change fast or slow? Yeah, good question. And it's almost like I've got a a bit of a two personalities going on because when I'm in a and I'm going to say when I'm in a balanced well-being place I love change I love that flexibility I love the excitement of kind of something happening that's unexpected and seeing how I react to it um when maybe my well-being is slightly um depleted so for whatever reason whether that's general stress whether that's circumstances outside of my control that you know, are changing my life or... And when you say well-being, what do you mean by that? What is that? Well, so it's always hard to describe well-being, isn't it? But essentially when I'm, if I say when I'm feeling in a good place, you talk about this quite a lot in that you're you're quite stable and quite steady. Um, I certainly have noticed certainly lately that I've got more erratic almost. So I'm not feeling very stable and steady. So it doesn't take me much to, to feel vulnerable or it doesn't take me much to, to start to question myself or what I'm doing or my plans. So how do you Um, return to center then? Yeah. So great, great question. So to return to center, generally I will start off by doing something very simple and in the moment if I can, so some deep breathing, uh, I might listen to some music um, and whether that's calming music or whether it's, if I say energetic music, it's never that I need to get energized because for me, I kind of react when I'm not in a, a positive reaction, I kind of tend to go into a, a stress reaction, which kind of mimics anxiety sometimes. and 
So, but but if I've got lots of energy running around, then actually putting something on that I can really sing to, that vibration, that you know, doing that in the car when you're doing all the driving you weren't expecting to do, um, that can really help. But that's in the moment, and sometimes these things are deeper. Um, and if if my well being isn't in a balanced place, then that might take you know just a lot more reflection or meditation I might need to journal um I might need to go for a a very um a a, a walk that's a very powerful walk not a power walk but you know I'm not just ambling down the road I'm sort of powering it out as it were Um, so yeah so those are some of the things that I do in slightly different situations so that's how you return to your center when you feel in sort of out of out of balance yeah yeah um and then if it if it's kind of a longer thing um then I take a look at my food and I just see okay so what am I eating how is that affecting me you know we all know that if you look at anything online it tells you that the the foods that put belly fat on you know are foods like chocolate and refined carbohydrates so let me ask you you're about as old as i am where was all this stuff at when we were younger because it seems like Mm. only recently in these recent sort of past sort of 10 years that people have been going on about this kind of stuff and sometimes i wonder you know, is it real or is it just a marketing spend because it's sellable because you know the one thing that I do dislike about when I go online is the amount of people that are selling well-being or talking about this well-being thing that has a and has a price tag on it. And so, is it just something that's become a trend? What did we do back in the day? Um, and yeah, with the whole food thing, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Some sometimes I don't know if I buy any of this stuff. And I'm inclined to agree with you in that you know you look at it sometimes and you go well hang on a minute are we just making a big deal out of something here so like before I just said about you know sometimes it mimics anxiety um because a lot of people today will say well I suffer from anxiety and I do believe that some people genuinely do but I also think like depression it's a word that's kind of got banded about and possibly overused um and I don't think that that's necessarily helpful, but I do think there's lots that we can learn about taking responsibility for ourselves. Um, and when we take those actions, so maybe some of the stuff I've talked about, food, exercise, breathing, water, enough sleep, actually those things help you return to centre. And then what do you do when you go to centre? Well, from from center, you. Yeah. What is <laughs> I that? Flow. Well, yeah, okay, you yeah, flow. So, what is, so, what do you yeah. do when you're in center? How so is when life I'm different? I'm in center, and I feel that peace, and yeah. I feel that calm. That that peace and calm doesn't necessarily mean I am uh, inactive. That peace and that calm might be a very strong, clear. You know, there might be a, a real clarity around my actions or my words or what I do. Um, yeah. And then what's, so, but what's the end point to that then? What is it? Why? Yeah. Does that do just mean, so you no, feel good or is this because, yeah. you know, that's. Yeah, I, I feel at peace. 
um, and that's a good feeling for me. Right. Okay. So it's a good. So we're back to the pleasure pain principle. So when you're well being. Yeah. And you feel good and you're happy. So just drink some alcohol, man. <laughs> just just yeah. bust out the whiskey. You'll be good. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> although I do use that as a technique sometimes. Just bust out the whiskey and you're good to yeah, go. Yeah, but so long, as long as it's a conscious, <laughs> as long as it's a conscious choice, yeah. then, you know, then that's... good. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, one of the things that, you know, I guess as I was thinking about this sort of topic, what do you do when things go wrong? Um, again, some of this is going to be based off of your you know, the sort of personality types as well that could come into play with this, you know, like, so people who are um, discipline-driven versus inspiration-driven. So on a, on a di- discipline-driven end, and I'm talking about the Lumina model here, um, they, they like their plans, their structure, and they're very goal-oriented. So, you know, they want to know what the day is going to flow. So they're you know, their calendar and diary will be, um, and to-do lists will be, you know, there so that they can work their way through that in a day. And then someone on the inspiration-driven side of that equation um, have a very informal approach to time management um, or very much in a sense of spontaneity. In, in fact, they almost welcome things not to go to, to plan um for them is that's the thing that kind of excites them and 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 in in other ways in some ways that becomes it harder for them to get things done and two um because they're always seeking these uh, alternative to the plan um so you got those two extremes and i'm kind of a person who is probably the looser the plan the better for me i think one of the things that I had hard time culturally adjusting to Britain as you guys culturally seem to want to put everything in a diary, seem to want to plan your nights out. See, you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of spontaneity in this case. So it was driving me nuts. I had never before in my life with my friends say, plan when we're going to go out to uh, a dinner, like weeks in advance, or, you know, you go into, I was like, what the hell is this? Um, so I was unused to operating in that way. I was just used to operating. You come, you pick up the phone, you call some people up. Oh, yeah, and we just go and we figure out something. So I, I'd never in my life before I moved here, you know, plan a Christmas night out dinner party thing. Never, you know, plan two weeks in advance. We're going to go to this pub on this day. It was just an unheard of thing. So I was just thinking, what is that just a cultural thing for you guys? But I know personally as an operating thing, um, the lucid, I, it's hard to pin me down to say, hey, we're going to do this on this day. And if I can't, I hate that. I'm resistant to that. Although people try to nail me down to um, those things because I just like it really loose. Like uh, Ruth does that to me all the time. She's, she'll, ask, she'll ask me today, what's today? Wednesday about Friday or Saturday. And I'm like, today is Wednesday. Why are you asking me about something that's going to be happening on Thursday or Friday or Saturday? So I, I, it's like, you know, ask me on, <laughs> ask me on Friday night what's happening on Saturday. Um, and then, I'll, you know, I'll figure it out. But, you know, because she's quite wants to, you know, think further ahead than that and plan things out and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, you know, yeah. So yeah, so I'm on the total other end of that. So the the looser the plan, the better for me. Um, 
But I, so, yeah, go ahead. Can I, I want to ask you on that. Yeah. So is not some of that just an age thing? No, so, no, not at all. I've never been much into No, no, no. Plan, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't mean you. <laughs> I yeah. mean, if you, and it's interesting, obviously. So how old were you when you, you came to Britain? Um, I came here 20 years ago, 22 years ago. So I guess I was 30 okay, something. Okay, so you'd be maybe. about 30. Right, okay. Yeah. Now, if you'd have come when you were in your teens or your 20s, and if you'd have come probably before you were married, you know, kind of or mm. not not in a, a long-term relationship, then I would have said then, yeah, much more flexible. So, you know, in my teens and in my 20s, absolutely. So you're just saying that. I'm immature, is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm just saying you haven't grown up. You haven't, yeah. you know, no. Um, yeah, but, but none of my maybe, friends. Maybe, maybe I am, actually. I was going to say, maybe it's just my friends. We just weren't like that. And I don't, yeah, but, I don't know why. But I wasn't like that at that age either, you know. But so, I'm not like that know, now. You guys, people try to force me to be like that. I don't, I don't yeah. dig it. Uh, it's, no, it doesn't fit into my life plan. <laughs> uh, I, for that. I will say, I think it's amazing that Ruth has stayed married to you for all these years. Why did you say that? <laughs> well, a whole variety of things that you've said on on a whole variety yeah. of calls. Example. But, well, as you've just said, you know, she'll ask me on Wednesday about what we're doing at the weekend and and like you're just not there. Whereas, you know, kind of as 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 in a relationship, it's useful to be able to know what you're doing and when you're doing it so that you can do whatever you need to do around it, um, whether it's getting the housework done or turning up at parents. Yeah, but what has that got to do with me? <laughs> so, so, but yeah, so how we lasted is because she didn't try to mold me into that space. So, she accepts you for the free spirit that you and, are. And, and, oh, and, nice. and, and if I turn up on Saturday and don't like what's on it, I can't complain because I didn't contribute. So that's a bit that I had to adjust to. So I can't say... On Saturday, if she go, oh, we're doing this. I can't go. Oh, I don't want it because you know. And I'm okay. And so for me, so you know, that works. So uh, you know, so I don't complain. But some people will find it hard to just show up on a Saturday and you're doing this, and you, be, you know, I don't know. So I mean, I think that's why. Mm, it, that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, we about both flexibility. The thing is that we both get what we need. That's how it's lasted. So she Perfect. wants to plan. I don't pitch a fit if I don't like how the plan works. Um, and likewise, she now doesn't push too far to make me to come up with things. I'll just make something up just to make her be quiet. I'll just say, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever that. Um, <laughs> I like that phrase, don't pitch a fit. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just also pick up, you when you were talking about the discipline-driven model versus the inspiration-driven model, And yeah. um, you said, was it Luminan? How do you Luminan. spell that? Luminan. Luminan. As in L-U-M-I-N-A? Yeah, L-U-M-I-N-A, yeah. So Lumina. It's not one that I've come across, but obviously I've done lots of time management things in my time. It's a a fairly new, not not new, new on the market, but it's a blend of the Jungian-based psychology models and the big five. So it takes into account um, both of those traits. So it's both behavioral style and behavior traits um, which gives you a quite a nice rounded view um, uh, from an individual point of view and it has uh, there's like eight um, aspects 
to the um, on the model, um, and some you'll be well. All of them will correlate to um, the Jungian piece and or the Big Five, um, and so you know you'll get um, a measure of both as a person. I can send you the profile if you're interested in in doing one at at some point. Um, mm. It's well interesting to uh, do. It's quite a fascinating thing. Um, I've, in fact, I found it, I guess what I found it useful is because it does um, talk to both of the major psychological models out there. So um, in this sort of eight aspects of it, so you have that inspiration-driven, uh, discipline-driven, the other axis is introverted and extroverted, which is familiar to most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have... Um, down-to-earth versus big-picture thinking. Um, and then the other axis is people-focused versus outcome-focused. So, um, you know, if we're looking at tasks and plans and things like that and getting those things done, um, if someone is very much on that that vertical axis uh, of discipline-driven, it, yeah, something going wrong in the plan, you know, drives them kind of nuts. I think where I find... Um, a challenge or hard to understand and I guess it just comes because I'm very flexible in that sense is that um, you know you know people who get so out of shape if the plan doesn't go exactly how they want it to to the point that they almost become not very functional or not very clear mm-hmm. thinking because the plan this is how it's supposed to go and it doesn't work that way um, and then, and then, yeah, then their stress levels go way up. The anxiety increases, and and uh, and in my head, I'm just like, you know, okay, well, it didn't happen that way. So, what's next? So, so, so adjust and and go to the next um, next thing. And and I think I alluded to you in the document is that you know, partly probably personality, but also partly just training from our army days, where you know we build where people think. It's all rules and regulations, and you got to follow everything strictly. And it's the complete opposite of that. Modern warfare is way too lethal to be fixed-minded like that. Um, and so, while we do make plans, and while we do have a, you know, a, a structure for everything, um, the thing that we value most is people's ability to, to sort of um, be flexible and to think on their feet and to make decisions on lack of information um, because you you almost require to it by the job because you you'll it's called Clausewitz called it the the fog of war um, because there's just things you can't see or foreknow there's information that's missing things are changing all the time mm-hmm. and so you just almost have to have the courage and the conviction to make the uh, the best decision you can with the information that you have on hand and then the flexibility to to change as you get new information. Um, and that was my job, but I also utilize that um, in my life, I guess, as well. So I just kind of adapted that sort of space. Mm-hmm. And it could just be my way of saying, well, I don't like making plans, so this is much more I'm highly so on that Lumina test, which is quite interesting that you said about my steadiness, like it because it's got a uh, it measures what you're like in your stressful 
condition. So you'll have a different place on this model. You'll be on, in stress. So you got your normal everyday, you got your stress position, um, and then you got your sort of conscious position. And my, all three of mine are in almost nearly exactly the same spot. Mm. Whether I'm stressed out, relaxed, or natural, <laughs> my three little dots are in the same place, which is unusual. Um, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No, that's really insightful. And actually, you're talking about the, the fog of war. And actually, I think more and more that is the fog of life, which is why I thought, you know, discussing um, what happens when your best laid plans get disrupted kind of thing was a useful topic because going back to what you are saying at the beginning, this is a daily occurrence. You know, um, there's very few people that are able, well, see, that's a massive generalisation, isn't it? But, you know, we do have some structure. Um, somebody like me knows when, you know, I need to drop my child off at school and when I need to pick him up and, you know, I know I need to feed them or make sure that they're fed. Um, but, you know, and many people turn up. And in fact, I've been talking with a lot of people lately about work and there has been more and more flexibility going on. Now, whether that's accelerated due to coronavirus, um, I think is is worth looking at. But a lot of people now, you know, kind of the jobs are being advertised and there is flexibility around the hours where you have to turn up so long as you maybe do the core hours so that the business has core hours where it likes most of its people in. And then around of that, you can flex according to your needs. Yeah, so they got this whole hybrid working thing that's going on, I think, in a lot of businesses, spurred on more so by the coronavirus and the need to, you know, you know, people who didn't sign on to be remote workers suddenly find themselves as remote workers. And I think a lot of businesses have found that actually they could be effective in that way. And so they're adjusting to allow for some of this hybrid working um, or flexible working is another term that it gets gets called, um, which is interesting because again, I think you know we have you know almost a, the product of this sort of industrial age and this sort of nine to five and this sort of core hours where everybody's doing the same thing at the same time. Um, but then, as we're finding now, what like I said, with my devices, I can work on all three devices, the same document, pick up exactly where I left off, um, just changing devices. So you have a lot more flexibility in where you work as well. Mm. Um, and if if companies move more towards away, from, unless it's a factory where you have to have certain outputs because then the next part of the process has to output. Um, in other businesses, you don't need that. So here's your objective: get it done. And whether you, and then given the employee the flexibility um, to make the deliverables happen, whether I work from eight at night to six in the morning to get it done and meet my deadline, or whether I work the nine to five, or whether I work from six to whatever. But having that, long as I get the thing done. You tell me when you need it done, as long as I deliver it, then who cares 
when or how I work on it, as long as it's delivered on time and to standard. Absolutely. And I think for most of us in the knowledge worker age, um, you know, obviously that is providing your employer can have that flexibility themselves, then actually you get much more out of people once they can, can, you know, we've been talking about work-life balance actually for what, you know, 40 years or something, but actually it's only now what we're really starting to embrace it. I think it's um, a tough because of control measures. It's like if you've got a big organization, how do you know what's going on with your organization at any given time? Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got 300 people and you, you know, you're the CEO and you've got to be responsible for making sure that the you know, business is profitable, things are happening, compliance, you know, you, you got all these decisions that, you know, you got all the stuff you're responsible for. And it's like, how do you know what 300 some odd people are doing? And so the sort of command and control structure, um, you know, you, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I just think, you know, as an infantry lieutenant, it's a tough environment if, you know, we, if you, so I had four infantry fighting vehicles um, and it's got two dismounted squads in the, that can get out and go out. So at any one time in my head, I've got a, a on these vehicles, I've also a, a crew member, so I have to control the vehicle. The driver can't see to his right, so I'm his eyes. So I've got my crew's voice, so that's three, my driver, my gunner, uh, two voices in my head, and me paying attention to where we're going. I've got two squad leaders who are out doing something, and they're talking to me. Then I also had the co- company command net, so my higher up is in my ear, and I also had to monitor the battalion net. So I got all these voices in my head, and I'm looking around, making sure I'm not getting get shot. <laughs> um, so I'm doing all these things with all this stuff going on simultaneously in my head, navigating and all these um, this this aspect. But then it's like, well, how do I know where that squad? leader is or how do I know where my other tracks are and how can I make a decision if I don't know if you almost got this thing done or that thing done so you can see from a leader's point of view while they while you know it's that balance if I say okay well here go out and as long as you deliver me this thing on this day you're good but how do I know where you're at with that how do I know you haven't hit a snag how do I know that you know you didn't miss how do I know you're not a clay and you think you got enough time because <laughs> you're going to use those last 48 hours and stay up all night and get it done. How do I know you haven't overestimated your ability to deliver, do the thing in two days? Um, so, you know, you, you are asking a lot of leaders. And I know it comes down to, you know, trust and faith and things, but that's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard, if, especially it if, if you're making decisions that affects other people's livelihood. So if we get this wrong, and the business goes bust, and that's a lot of pressure on a, a CEO's shoulders. Ab- absolutely. And I, I, I guess, you know, you, you, listening to what you're saying, this is where communication is absolutely vital. Um, and actually, that skill of communication is so, so, it's important right from the start. So when we look at companies and we talk about, well, what's that company's values? Um, you know, we're also looking at, well, 
what's important to that company, how does that company operate? And it's not just about the output. It is about what's it like to work here? And I think there's, you know, lots of people now who compile lists on the the top 100 best companies to work for in the UK is a Sunday Times list. Well, you know, what are we measuring? If we're, are we going into a company that communicates well, that talks to me, that finds out how I want to work, or actually are we a company full of micromanagers who are going to squeeze, you know, the creativity out of me, but the job will get done. It's, you know, hopefully there's some flexibility and fluidity and and skill level at communication that should flow throughout the whole company, regardless of of what the job is. And you would think that... um... Well, we're all trying to work towards it. I think people are all trying to work towards it, but there's also this natural assumption that people should just know how to do it. Um, But they don't, do they? They don't, no. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. They don't don't know how, um, and it is something that has to be worked on and and it's a part of it, and you're right, communication. Um, The other part of this, another way of looking at what to do when, you know, things don't go according to plan so if we step back and look at a um a philosophical point of view and i was thinking of the stoics in particular um and it was it's and this is again so we're talking about your just tying this back to your sort of well-being and how do you stay in center how do you stay from getting you know so stressed out because i no longer have control of the plan and and everything is getting out of control, but then I'm getting more and more and more stress out of that. Um, and so from a Stoic's point of view, one of the exercises to do is, you know, to take the pause to say, okay, in any given situation that's coming at you in that kind of way, what's under my control and what's not under my control? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you make a list of those things. And from, you know, and I'm talking people like Epictetus and Seneca and Marcus Aurelius, they say, so everything in the not under your control column, disregard it completely because there's nothing that you can do about them at all. Um, now, the the trap, the human trap that we're in is that we have this need to control and feel control of everything. So it's hard for some people to acknowledge that they can't control those things and they devote a lot of energy, time, emotional well-being, trying to control things that they can't control. Mm. And so the Stoics would say, all that stuff, just throw it out, forget it. You're wasting time, energy, emotional well-being. Focus on the things that you can control. And when you look at the two lists, there's actually very little that's under your control. And essentially, it's just what you think and, you know, your inner sort of thoughts. Um, very few other things that will fit on the list that you can control. But they say you can increase your happiness by 10, 20-fold just doing those two things. If you want to return to center or happiness or peace of mind, disregard everything that's outside of your control. Um, I think we are our hubris as humans is to think that we can control everything and then we attempt to try to control everything. And we're probably almost raised to feel like we can control everything. Um, but it's understanding that you can't. And then if you can live in that sort of space, 
and your peace of mind is down mm. uh, or is good you're in your you're in your sort of space I guess there's also a fatalist point of view or if you're into fate and, and things like that um you know I always had this thing about you know it's all come out in the wash so I don't get stressed out about stuff because one I find it doesn't help it's not you know it doesn't help anything it doesn't add to the solution um and that I had this thing that you know what happens will happen and that's what was meant to happen and so you just deal with the thing that as it is mm-hmm. not what you want it to be but just deal with it whatever it is and just kind of go with that and so while I get accused a lot of you know how can you not be stressed about that um and just as much as they look baffled at me for not being stressed i look baffled and say well why would you waste mm-hmm. time being stressed um cuz but do you find you're um unusual there's there's less people like you um than people who are stressed um I don't know. I think there's other people like me out there. <laughs> if I just look to my own household, my son is probably closer to me on that end. He's picked that trade up for me. My daughter isn't. She's the complete opposite. In fact, she's almost debilitatingly to the opposite because everything has to go according to plan. If she's spent all this time making these elaborate plans and everything must march to the plan, if someone doesn't march to the plan it just sends her in a spiral um to the point where again for me it's like well you can do all that and still one there's a there's a nice buddhist saying um says you could you could um lose your favorite tea cup or it breaks or shattered and be upset about it or you can lose your favorite teacup and carry on either way the cup is gone basically um is where they're kind of getting at so it's and that's yeah i mean that's essentially my sort of philosophy of life on that in that sort of space it's like yeah i could be stressed about it uh, it isn't going to change the situation mm. um if anything it's going to make my situation worse because <laughs> i won't be operating at my best um i won't be thinking straight and all sorts of other things so if anything it it's more detrimental mm. although they do say you know some stress is good for you because it gets your body in and ready to do stuff um but it's a deliberate deliberate debilitating de- stress or the stress that makes you debilitating yeah not being able to respond with a clear head and and the like Mm. Um, so yeah I mean it's just one of those things it's just something I developed over time I guess um quite yeah I don't know it's just it's interesting I, yeah. I think we'll probably pick up on that as I mean I used to get in trouble going. for it in the army by the way as well every single one of my evaluations every single evaluation I had is is too laid back and I had a conversation with one of my colonels it's like well if I and it wasn't, I performed, I got stuff done, my platoon was great doing their thing. It's like, if I can get it done without the yelling and screaming and going crazy, well, what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> or, or who yeah, cares? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, so what did they say? Because I am curious. Well, Surely they want you to be in no, control I think, well, rather than this particular uh, 
Colonel was just one of these ones, blood and guts type, and you're not leading if you're not up front and being very visible and very loud. Um, but I did have a Colonel that I really liked and respected, and one of his things was he's like, you know, so you walk into a room, you have you have loads of presents um, just from your stature and, and the like. But then there's other times where you just don't seem to be here at all. <laughs> I mean, you're mm. physically there, but you don't. Um, you, yeah, you just don't seem to be here. Um, so, yeah, so it's just one of those things that, and I do, I do some, you know, I, I guess I had a friend, and you may, maybe, I don't know if you've hung out enough with me yet. And maybe, I, I mean, I've probably changed a little bit some as well, but I have a, do have a tendency to go off into my own world of my head. Um, and some of my friends would be like, oh, yeah, he's on it. They got to the point where they know when I'm on one of my trips and they <laughs> stop trying to bring me out of it. They just assume, all right, well, he's gone and we won't hear from him and and he'll be back, though, because I always come back. Um, mm. And I think Ruth has gotten used to, she, you know, adjusted it, I think, before used to try it. But yeah, sometimes I disappear into a completely other world. Mm. Um, but I always come back. I always go on these journeys, but I always come back. Um, See, and there's the reliability that allows the flexibility, I guess. Um, you were saying before, we were talking about obviously what's, uh, when you come out with the Stoics and taking the pause and then going, okay, so what is under my control here yeah. and what isn't? And I was looking uh, at some of my uh Franklin Covey uh, training materials recently and in the seven habits when he talks about the circle of concern versus the circle of influence mm. now it's not quite the same um, but it made me look at it or I suddenly realized things in a different way and that was because I'd sort of all I suppose just assumed for want of a better term or at some point I just made it very simple in my head circle of concern uh basically circle of influence is what's under my control and circle of concern is what I'm interested in but is outside of my control and then I reread this material and you know the first time I read this was back in the mid 90s so we're talking oh I don't know how many years that is my maths doesn't work mm. that quickly but a long time probably 35 years I guess actually and actually what Stephen Covey is talking about is that if you focus on your circle of influence i.e what's definitely in your control actually essentially that circle of concern sorry that circle of influence grows and then can take up more of your circle of concern. And that kind of my head is still getting around that. You can probably tell as I'm trying to explain it. So it's not a mapping of actually what's in your control and what isn't in your control, but there is enough. It's obviously very closely allied to that. But, yeah, so just focus on your circle of influence and that will will grow. I thought that was yeah, fascinating. I think you have to examine the circle of influence because in the Stoic thing, there is a concept of influence. Or there are things that you can control and things that you cannot control. And then a modern spin on that, as other thinkers have taken that along, to say there are things that you can influence. While you can't control them, you may be able to 
influence them, but the end results are still out of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, and may, and to take a, a look at, it, but it's a very a modern twist on on that concept of. Um, and and then my only caution on that piece is again the things that you can influence, as long as you go into that space knowing that while you can provide some influence in that way, you, ultimately it's still the results is out of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so and you know again when we think about circular influence and mapping some of that other and some other th- thinking. Um, Partly this idea from sort of the um, teachings of Don Juan, <laughs> um, where you where it's it's and the comfort zone is probably what people notice one as. Um, they talk about increasing your the barrier between your known and unknown. So the bigger you can make your known world, then again the more influence control decisions that you can make um and so you always want to be pushing that boundary from uh, between known and unknown because the larger that circle becomes um the greater your choices responses and the influence that you can have versus hanging out in your comfort zone and just doing everything the same as you've always done reacting the same where you've always reacted. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about these habits of belief, habits of perception, habits of thinking, um, the habits of behavior, uh, and and blowing those out of the water, basically. Because you then, one, you make your world more enriched because you're not limiting yourself. Um, and two, your power increases because you have more options and more choices to you. The more you you push that boundary. Interesting. Although really the comfort zone is very comfortable, isn't it? Yeah, some people like their comfort zone. It always amazes me. Well, with, it, it with, is. Well, it, it amazes me with people's and... behavior and, and this stuff and why people hang on to the things that they hang on to. And and I was and I, I always looked at it like being a Pokemon, I guess, and that you've got you can't if you can't evolve to your next level until you conquer that thing whatever that thing is that keeps you in place until you conquer it um, then you can evolve to the next level and you'll keep repeating the same thing again and again I'll have a different spin on it but underneath it's the same things the same you mentioned patterns earlier it's the same pattern because you haven't learned a lesson that you need it to learn um, and so you mm. get stuck in this loop until you can learn it. Then you, once you've learned the lesson, then you can evolve, and that pattern or loop no longer has sort of power over you. Um, That's a good way of putting it. Has no, no longer has any power over you. I really like that. Mm. And and that's really interesting, actually. And I think you're right. You know, I I think sometimes people. Um, I think sometimes people aren't self-aware. I think you can be too self-aware. I'm I'm fall into the camp of being too self-aware because sometimes that ends up crippling you as well. Um, but then I think sometimes it's just that things need to happen 
enough or you need to get and and this is uh, Anthony Robbins talks about this a lot that pain pleasure thing you mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier as well moving from where I am now you know it's comfortable but then you know you start to butt up against things and I think there's lots of people at our stage in life who are starting to butt up against things you know we're at a stage where maybe mortgages are nearly paid off or paid off uh you know children are leaving or have left home and kind of what's been our known world maybe for for sort of you know around 20 years it's changing and we're at a stage in life where we see things differently so I was talking to a couple of friends who are a little bit older than you so mid 50s um last weekend and they were saying you know both of them were saying that you know they don't really care about kind of new things anymore um they'll look after what they have they're very respectful of their house but you know that sofa it works it isn't giving them back a they'll stick with it um, for example, and maybe not the best example, but it's really interesting. I also think we see, kind of I'm, get. To- I'm just wondering: is that I don't? I guess I don't see that as a life stage thing. I see that as an individual, the person thing. Because, but I, I think it's a person at this life stage see, because I, I know so. so many people yeah. that are, are kind of at that stage that they're changing. And yeah, so for me, I would say those are people who were bought into the system. That's what I would say. I would say those so they are, had bought into the system, they, and now they're they're in the system, and that they are that they are executing the program. That's what I would say with those people. Mm-hmm. I would say okay. that they are firmly entrenched in their programming, and they can't do anything. They're so they're they're responding to the program. Um. Yeah, and and again, it's one of the things that I find so very limiting. Um, in the experience of life, um, and and I'm, and I guess I'm just drawn on you know I guess some of the stuff that I've studied and um, when you I mean even if you just take people like um, Robert Anton Wilson and you kind of look at the um, these these bands that we have that we get programmed into. Um, and you, and here's the thing: why it doesn't seem any different is because um, the programming's so deep and it's taken in that you don't question it anymore. It just seems like that's life, and um, so you accept the fixed definition of of yeah, that, yeah, that's just life. That's how it is. Um, but it's when you, I guess, when you step beyond that realm. And I understand that there's other possibilities that you're maybe not in that space. And oh, in fact, Obama said in his book, I don't know if you read any of his books, but one of the things that he reflected on, which reminded, which you just reminded me of with, with the story you just told, because he looked at his parents. And one of his comments was, because they were like, you know, they're there, they were settled, kids were gone, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's like they were just, for him, they were just waiting to die. As in, I've mm-hmm. done everything, mortgage is paid off, and we're here, so the only thing really left is death. And they were happy. They weren't unhappy. They were just riding out the rest of their time until they died. And he was like, that was something that he never wanted to be like um, mm-hmm. in that that kind of 
space and to accept that that was it. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, yeah. So when you say those sorts of things, and I think you were saying what age, and I guess I don't. Yeah, I guess. So either I don't act my age or I don't buy into the whole age thing. I think of possibility. So I never really think about, and I get it because I was having this conversation. In fact, I was wondering about you actually this morning. And it's very it's funny to just say it. And that very same thing. And I was, because I think I've asked you this before on the podcast, you know, because you define yourself by your role as like mom. So I don't know who you are outside of that. So I was wondering this morning i think i was taking the shower it's like who would you who are you going to be mm. uh, in five years six years time when you know your kids are uh, you know legal adults um and you are you going to force the mom role on them still because you I don't want not. to change <laughs> or, oh my god i hope not and then who so i was just thinking i was like who are you going to be when you can no longer okay. define yourself by them well, you don't have to answer that. Question. I was just, just no, thinking well, that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm happy to because yeah. I do think it's very much linked actually with, you know, when kind of best laid, best laid plans um, because I am very conscious actually that uh, life is changing. And in fact, since we've started the podcast, I, that's definitely accelerated my thinking and my reflected on reflecting on who I am um, and more not more importantly, but sort of more practically, uh, what do I want to do? And I know you and I have had conversations about this kind of offline, but you're absolutely right. It is that, who who am I going to be? So in fact, for the last couple of weeks, I've been consciously putting myself outside of my comfort zone. And that could be in times, you know, catching ways that I've I've slipped into a lot of what I would call it is my old. But do you, do you have a sense habits. of who? Do you have a sense of who you are outside of the roles that you're defining yourself by? Who are you? Yeah, I think I think I do. I'm not sure I could articulate that. Yeah. Um, but so the the things that I've been trying to do, what I've been looking at is how I respond to things. So referring back to last Monday actually you know kind of a couple of years before had that happened I would have been gripping that steering wheel and doing all of those you know the driving here and the there and the doing what I had to do and I would have been super tense and really like oh my goodness this is going to throw my whole week blah 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 and actually I wasn't you know I wasn't fully relaxed either um but I was you know it was kind of like right this has happened I've chosen to prioritise this and I dealt with it. Um, it. What it did then do was obviously sort of my whole week kind of got a little bit um, challenging as a result uh, and and it didn't finish. There was other things that I had to do. On See, this is why I don't make plans. I don't have, to, I don't have that issue because I don't make But if I don't plans. make plans, <laughs> I wouldn't turn up to do the podcast, darling, because I'd, you know, I'd wake up this morning, I'd go, you know what, it's a nice day, I'm going to go for a walk yeah. or I'm going to just... You know, I'll I'll, I'll write a blog post or whatever. <laughs> but exactly, fantastic. Yeah. However, and I think this, exactly, mm. exactly. And and the reality is, that's my week. Is generally it's a loose plan. So but now, are you making time, this? You making this change? So are you contributing yours to age, or are you contributing this yours to because you've gotten wiser? Um, are you more enlightened? I mean, what's 
What's I'm, I'm, I'm attributing it to to a life stage rather than age, I guess, because obviously there'll be people so not who've through, got not kids our age who are or not through enlightenment. Do you know what? It's yeah. a good point. I haven't consciously done that. I, I I'm apply, I'm applying things that I have learned, um, and I'm reminding myself of things that I have learned that maybe I'm not using because that would be the more powerful thing is if you're applying Mm. wisdom as because it doesn't matter what age you are doesn't matter what life stage you're in because you can have very wise young people Mm. and very foolish old people yeah well well. you can have very foolish old people and very wise young people so i think it's it becomes that you know we have the application of that experience and knowledge so you become wise Mm. um yeah, yeah. So, for example, I had uh, something that, frankly, was quite upsetting happen last night. Uh, I'd done something with the best intentions, as most of us do, and without knowing, I stepped into a hornet's nest, is the easiest way to put it. And I upset certainly one person, but potentially kind of a few, but I think it was just one person who got particularly upset in a public setting. Um and I obviously responded in the moment and tried to stay calm and apologized because I clearly had no idea what I was doing or had done kind of thing. Um, and and the, the situation was sort of dealt with in the moment. Uh, but afterwards, I kind of, I you know, I went through the whole, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. You know, I know better than this. Surely I should have. Why didn't I spot? Da, 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 and the brain starts going. Um, and and the the ego starts going as well. You know, it's kind of mm. like, oh my gosh, can't they see? I'm just trying and da, da, da. and all of this started to go on. And my wisdom was right. First thing I'm going to do was ring my husband. So I rang my husband um, because he was doing the parent taxi run, and I told him briefly what had happened. And he he's very he's he's not the same as you, but he's similar to you. So he was very calm, and he said he explained. He, well, he explained he didn't think that there was an issue and that I shouldn't feel the way that I was feeling because, and what he said really helped me get kind of a little bit calmer. And I was like, okay, so what next? Because that that sort of took me down a few notches. And then I thought, actually, I'm going to reach out for advice. So I reached out to some people who are in the group who have been in this situation before. So what's what's the, what are you, where are you going? And so the third thing was that then I'm like, okay, I'm still not calm enough to cope with this. I'm still feeling an emotional reaction. So I dealt with it much better because, frankly, five years ago, I'd have burst into tears on the whole thing, whether I'd have burst into tears publicly or straight Yeah, but do you know why? What's the why of that? Why would you have burst into tears and why aren't you bursting into tears now? I get all the things that you've done. Good question. Why? Uh, Okay. So why would I have burst into tears? it varies or it would have varied um quite often i used to cry out of sheer frustration um and there you go and this is the thing so and i i know i'm interrupting because it's the and this is a credit and i don't know if you've done this kind of exercise before but the the, frustrating but why the frustration so keep pushing and get to the bottom level as opposed yeah, to I'm hoping this way. is yeah. making for interesting yeah. you know, to but, listen to. But it's the, so, it's the why, again, why, why, why so, frustrated? So 
last Monday, I would have been crying out of frustration. Um, and that would have been about a control thing. And that because I had to support my children so carefully in certain ways that, you know, kind of anything like that, it just made me feel like I, I wasn't being a good mum kind of thing. So uh, last uh, night, so, 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 yeah, so then that would be it. So I know we don't have time. But it would be that yeah. it would be that model of well, what does a good mom? Well, mean? yes, absolutely. Last night was the crying would have been. I mean, I would I probably wouldn't have cried in the moment anyway. But afterwards, it would have been that complete. Um, but why did you have the reaction that you had that you had to call your husband and get him to talk you down? Because I couldn't think clearly. Because I, I I was questioning, what have I done? What should I have done? I right, don't, so you know, today, but I couldn't I couldn't work it through. Have you been outside and interacted with people today? Just or just been in the presence of other people? Yes. Okay. So did you have an emotional reaction to any of these people you passed on the street or whatever, just randomly? No. Why not? Um, so basically I've been on a zoom meeting today. Um, so what I'm getting at is you, yeah, I'm kind of curious. This is great. Well, okay. Well, you, you've had this interaction with this person last night and then you had a, a reaction. So what is it? So what was you thinking about yourself or believing about yourself, um, that caused this reaction? Because that other person has their own mm-hmm. deal. So you didn't make anybody upset. The person made themselves upset for whatever reasons going on in their head. But that's not in the, your, your business or under your control. So the question would yeah. be, so what made you react the way that you react? So what was you believing about yourself that made you get upset? So where it was going right down to, which I didn't want it to because... I've worked a lot on this, but it was kind of a, I'm worthless. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I shouldn't be here. Uh, I have nothing to contribute. Not only that, that I'm really screwing things up, you know, kind of it's a, it's, it's the so opposite. It was, a, it was of the narrative you were telling yourself, your story that you were telling yourself and the story you started to get you to spiral out because you were yeah yeah telling yeah. that story. Yeah. So then the exploration for me is, so what's the driver? So, so if I was, Wanting to, or if you were wanting to, understand yourself. So where does the narrative come from? And tracing what I call the sort of breadcrumbs. Where is the origin of that story? And understanding the origin of that story, then you can change the script that you'll play. And you'll never have Mm. that reaction again. But if you don't, ever trace back the origin of the story we just keep telling this different versions of that same story like you have a several stories that you tell me all the time um, and one day i'll ask you to why you tell me the same story but in different forms but i won't ask you today <laughs> um but one day i will um and so until you trace back to the origin of the story then that story continues to determine your behavior and it and mm. it becomes to the place where you don't actually really think about it so you had that interaction and before you made a conscious thought you had an unconscious um, playing of the script the script the brain just say oh, okay this is how i'm supposed to act in this one and away you went and then fed in and then you feed into the story so then the emotion gets higher because you've 
gig just started fueling the story some more. Um, and then everything right. just spiraled. And that's why I started, that's why I rang my husband because I wanted to kind of pull myself out of the story. Um, not that I was using these words. That's why I reached out for some advice. So it's kind of like, right, how should I have dealt with this or how can I deal with this in future? So learning from it, again, trying to step back. And then when I realised that actually I was still kind of going around in my head, got myself out for, for, a, for a walk. So how do you keep that from happening again? Yeah, great question. So I, I, I think a lot of it is um, kind of, now hilariously I'm going to say routine but it's it's what uh, what I mean by routine so is actually what do I need today to move myself into kind of my stronger place I suppose um so actually you know regular kind of space to meditate or to reflect and they they are different things and different types of meditation so I've been exploring with guided meditation rather than um, just simply sitting there and doing a, a stilling of the mind meditation, for example. Reflection journaling, again, is a different um, experience yet again. And, and so it's about actually kind of having that routine which says I connect to myself every day. But what that might look like each day may be different. But so long as I do that every day, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, you get up at 5.30 and you have that couple of hours before the house starts to wake up. Um, you know, actually, this morning I had to laugh. I always laugh when I wake up at 5.30 now because it makes me think, ha ha, Clay's got into my head. Um, and then I will get up and I will do whatever I need to do. So a book I would suggest for listeners to read is um no ordinary moments um is that dan millman yeah that one i yeah, mean there's the one that's before that what was the one before that the actual um there's the uh i want to say the, the peaceful warrior. warrior yeah so the, peaceful warrior peaceful so warrior. The, if you want to go in sequence read the peaceful warrior but then he wrote a book more explicitly about techniques and things like that no ordinary moments um which i think is is worth the read from the sense of um because it's again if you get into this stuff like with don juan and these other guys where where you taking back your personal power involves being able to rise above and you could look at i guess zen and Taoism touch on these same things rise above the your habits of thinking habits of perception, habits of behavior, all those, all the habits that you've tied so much power into. And I know we talked about this before in the podcast. We have so much invested in these habits that we, we essentially, yeah, we become this conscious robot. We don't think anymore. We're just executing all these programs or these habits that we built into ourselves. So part of the journey is get, can getting yourself to the place where, um, your habits aren't the things that are, yes, you have routines and routines. So what happens is we make the routine to make life more efficient. Then we forget that it's a routine. It becomes that while we've done it and it just becomes a habit. And mm -hmm. now we're no longer having any more control. The habit controls us. And so the challenge is always to stay a conscious being and not ruled by your habits 
of thoughts or routines or any of that. Um, and so, yeah, that journey. So like I always ask people when they meditate, like where are they, what, what is it? What's the end goal of your meditation? Now I know the Zen guys, Zen masters will say there is no, if you have a goal, then you've already lost because there is no mm. end goal. <laughs> you just do it because you just do it. Um, you don't do it for peace of mind. You don't do it for enlightenment. You don't do it for anything. You just, for them, it's, you just sit. Um, but me throwing in my Western stage, it's like, okay, well, why are you meditating? Not just, not you particularly, but people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess it's just a challenge, you know, the why. And is it because you pick something up from somewhere else or someone said this thing or what does it do for you? And it's just that my brain just kind of works in this inquisitive thing of wanting to know the why of things. What is the, what is the, I want to know the absolute truth of everything. And you sent me a, sent me a definition about philosophy last week or earlier this week, whenever it was. And one of your things was, was it about truth or something or another? Finding mm, the truth. It was about um, philosophy being a lover of wisdom yeah. and wisdom or the growth of wisdom being to do with uh, finding out truth. What basically, what is, this is Western philosophy. What is true or what is good. Yeah. And I, I found that was really interesting because, first of all, what is good is, is obviously very subjective. Yeah, well, same with truth. Truth is, there is, you know, I don't know, there was an argument to say there is no universal truth. So what is truth? So I've always been on this quest to find out well, what is true. You can tell me that this is the way that things happen and people behave in this way, but what? what is the actual truth? Um, and I think that's just a, uh, undying quest and I don't know if I can ever quench that thirst and I don't know you know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because that means that in some ways I'm never satisfied mm-hmm. um, like I think you asked me something like the doubt and I was like well my brain doesn't work that way because then I just go and find an answer um, if I have self-doubt or whatever it's, I don't yeah um, oh yeah no that, that's really I think that's a really important point and unfortunately right. I don't think I have my phone to hand but you're right you know essentially what I was saying and this comes back to what we we're saying about self-awareness and I am almost too self-aware so you know I'm kind of not constantly uh or not consciously constantly anyway but reflecting on how did the day go and what basically what was my part in it yeah. and then if I'm doubting myself then and so this is interesting because there's definitely a theme going on and so I asked you do you ever doubt yourself because you know we can all have the best intentions and and upset people um and you said well if you do doubt yourself you kind of you don't really doubt yourself for very long because what you do is you turn to your books and by turning to your books your you know your friends you get an answer. And I really, I, I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. So, but um, that's and really, the, that's what I was doing last night. I think the thing is, um, is the action. And you're right. And I think one of the things that, and this is, I blame this a lot on the sort of self-help industry about this whole reflection thing. Because there's reflection and self-awareness. If you're self-aware, which is different from the reflection bit. Um, Absolutely. It's the action piece that gets missed. And you can get yourself to the point where you're immobile because you spend so much time in reflection but never taken action. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that 
there's that balance. Self-reflect, but then act. Absolutely. And, you know, actions uh, is the key thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm always, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. No, so mm. what I was just thinking then, mm. uh, I happened to have my notebook with me. So I, I was looking back on my self-reflections from what's happened kind of last night last night was kind of so strong that it made me start to see the links of certain things that have been happen happening in a very short space of time and so those I've actually written down right essentially right these are the things these are the actions I'm going to take or stop taking um as a result of my insight you were saying earlier about people kind of changing behavior changing habits and what would happen if you change your belief if you looked at that, if you looked at your whole list of actions you've just done, mm. and, and changed my belief, and changed so belief, changed my belief to I don't know. Just have a look at that list. See what you have. In order for that list to make sense, what do you have to believe about yourself in order for your list to make sense? And then what instead of doing the action, what if the action is to change your belief so that those things on that sheet are no longer true? That's not something you're going to be able to answer in like two minutes. But no, that's a, it's that's, not. So, that, that's <laughs> an exercise. At so look at the list. What do you have to believe about yourself in order for those things on that list to be true? And what if you change the belief such that mm. those things on that list are no longer true? See, this sounds like Byron Katie. Have you ever read any of Byron yeah. Katie's stuff? That's yeah, so... Yeah, and this is what's really interesting. I'm finding that I'm going kind of almost back to the beginning of my self-development journey and going back to people like Byron Katie or Louise Hay, uh, Deepak Chopra, and all of these people who were very much at the beginning of me, kind of on this voyage, as it were. Um, Stephen Covey as well, actually, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is, it's it's about human behaviour, it's about behavioural change. Um and it's interesting. It's just very interesting. I, and and I, I've been curious as to why I've kind of almost going back to the beginning. Um, and what if you didn't go back to the beginning? What if you went somewhere else? Because you go back well, to the beginning, you're going back in the same loop and going over the same ground. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then I'm Do kind of going, okay. Do something completely opposite. Throw out, so, throw it out. Throw out all the things. Throw out. What was that? Did you see Willow? Your kids, every kids watch Willow. No, and but what, I do love a willow tree. Yeah, well, one of the the guy wanted to, the little creature wanted to be a, a wizard and study with the grandmaster wizard, and the riddle was forget all that you know or think you know, and he asked him this question. In other words, you got to throw out everything. So if you go back through that pattern again, then you're you are reinforcing whatever you've picked up now. So what would happen? Just if you were just radical and just say, you know what? Boom! What's the what's the opposite of those things, and then go and investigate that, and see what that throws up to you. Well, it, it, absolutely. Yeah. I it, I'm almost paralysed even thinking about it. What it would mean was that would be you know I turn up as an accountant tomorrow or something like that. No, that's, no, no, not the, not the no, thing. I know that's not the belief. I know, but no, yeah. that would be the output. That you would be an accountant. I'd be an accountant or a scientist or, you know, somebody that's working with very fixed things. Um, and I know they're not fixed. And now no, I've no, just... No, no, yeah. so, so I'm just thinking, how did you make that leap that you would be an accountant or a scientist? <laughs> because I've I've kind of worked through this a lot. And part of 
you know, my thinking is, well, actually, wouldn't it be interesting if I could just do something completely different? So come out of the field of personal development, behavioral change Mm -hmm. and go and do something completely different. Um, Because that would almost help me have to, you know, kind of regenerate from from the outside in, as it were. Well, that's Um, interesting. I mean, throw that in your journal and reflection. So what is it about being a scientist that attract you but this is this so for me this is the this is the kind of thought experiments that I do so okay well there's some qualities of a scientist what are those qualities of the scientists that you would inhabit okay here they all are where am I missing or lacking or believe that I lack in those things maybe I don't maybe actually I do have them and I could be a scientist so yeah I mean it's just those kind of thought experiments so there's and all the things have clues so you know saying scientist has a clue saying accountant has a clue don't really care about being a scientist or an accountant, but it's what is it that you believe about those two, um, the archetype of a scientist, archetype of a accountant. What is it that you believe about those two and what are the qualities of those two disciplines? Um, and then distill that list and then evaluate yourself against that list that you generated. Um, because in your head, you have a model of what a scientist is. You have a model of what a a mechanic is or an accountant is uh, we have a model of what of a hey, ooh, sales mechanic person. i haven't thought of that yeah, but well, I quite like well, well we have these too. models but the, and again this 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 is to make thinking more efficient but in our efficiency it becomes sloppy and um, mm. because if you remember from your nlp and and the uh, meta model we ju- we you know we take the universe of everything and we distill it down to a generalization but then we believe the generalization is the model when we know that the map is not the territory and all of that so it is just a model that word accountant is just a model for something else mm-hmm. and but we have to unpack our thinking to understand what is that model what are the components that make up that model and then you can work from somewhere because you can look at that list and say well actually and only need to tweak this one element and i'm an accountant so yeah anyway um we can go on and on mm forever and forever and but the challenge i think for that i would lay out to folks is one just challenging your you know what you believe about yourself what are the stories or narratives that you tell yourself that you reinforce and you have various different versions of the story but they reinforce this concept of who you are in quotation marks but is that who you are Uh, and i'll leave you with one more cone and that is who are you between Two thoughts, and I've asked this before on the podcast. Or if you want to look at it another way, who's the who is the you doing the thinking? And that is your real being. All the rest of the stuff you've just adopted and you believe it's you, but it's not true. It's not you. Mm-hmm. It's an illusion. Indeed. Brilliant. Well, I love that all of that came from what happens when life you know when when best laid plans get derailed that was really well it came from that because actually we deviated from the plan because you didn't have a plan because you derailed the plan yesterday didn't you (laughs) well see i derailed the plan on whatsapp and then went oh hang on a minute and so i was we had a way listen listeners we had a way we were gonna go and then naomi true to form just blew it all out of the water at the ninth hour. And I was like, what oh, the hell? Oh. 
And I, listen, I do all. Listen, check check this out. You know that (laughs) I've never, I've I've changed the way I operate to suit you because you tell me you need these plans and these structures and the documents and all these things. I don't operate in that way, but I've done that for you, and then you don't follow. And I'm thinking, what the hell? (laughs) We we might as well go the way that I normally go. Um, So these things I do because of you, not because of me. Oh, now that's really interesting. So maybe we should try and do it your way for the next kind of few weeks. Well, if you can handle it, that would be fine. But I don't. Well, do you you know what? Let's give it a go. I'm not sure we'll get any podcasts made, but maybe we'll. Maybe they'll be more effective. Well, I I don't know. So shall we try? um, I'm not sure. Oh, interesting. Okay, maybe (laughs) we'll take that offline. Yeah, but yeah. So hopefully. You, who is listening, that is you, not play you, um, you have found that interesting. You know, the conversation is meant to be, sorry, the podcast is meant to be a conversation. Um, And we wanted to certainly share some things that would be of thought-provoking to you, but also things that you could go away and, and take action on if you want to. So hopefully you have enjoyed this latest episode. Please subscribe, share, let other people know that they can listen to. They can um, listen to us babble on for an hour and a half about some About stuff. things related to personal <laughs> development and self-development and the differences about between About garbage. <laughs> well, there you go. What can we say? Who is doing the real thinking here, Clay? Exactly. What is the story you're telling yourself? Yeah. Brilliant. Is there anything else you want to share before we stop recording? Not a thing other than have peace. Peace be with you. (laughs) May the force be with you. (laughs) All right. Very good.